0: welcome to the life church of kansas city podcast please consider following sharing and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com may you be blessed by the word of god
1: joining me all the way to your left is brother gary browse senior our head usher also brother ryan moore a member of our board of directors and brother chris Blazik, who's a member of our praise team and a part of our midweek kids ministry. Let's give our panelists a hand. We're glad, amen, to have them up here. All right, let's uh, open up this discussion with a true or false. You are not a real man until you eat an entire pack of hot dogs in one setting. False. (laughs) All right. Tonight we are focusing on the idea for dads to be there for their kids, because that's the most important thing a dad can do for their children is to be there. And we hope that this conversation blesses all of our dads. And to anyone who is here that is not a dad, I think tonight is also for you, it'll give you insight into how God wants a father to be. And uh, who knows some of you guys out there, you may be a father next time this year around, or perhaps uh, even sooner than that. And uh, we pray that this blesses you and also to all of the mothers and the wives that are here tonight. Thank you so much for supporting your husband and your dad this weekend. We want to begin with the um, the question, what were your thoughts and feelings the day that you became a dad? I know uh, for me, when I held my daughter for the first time, I thought, oh my goodness, can I really do this? And I'm sure there was a lot of thoughts and mixed emotions, but uh Since that time, how has being a dad made you a better man, a better individual also? Brother Gary.
2: Good evening everyone. I was ecstatic like most young fathers when Gary Lee was born. Um, Ryan and I were talking about it, Brother Ryan and I were talking about it before church. As a young father, you really have to learn how to be a father. I'd like to say I had some grand plan and I mean my budget was pretty much blown when I realized it would take more than 180 diapers to potty train a kid so and I remember telling Vicky how many cans of this $10 uh, can stuff do we need so but um, what Ryan and I was talking about was learning to be a young father I was only 20 years old um, everything I know about taking care of a baby I learned from my wife and ladies please take this as a compliment as young fathers we don't know anything about taking care of babies, but it seems like you guys just know how to do it. So we appreciate that natural instinct that God gives our mothers. Um, one thing that's real important, and I would encourage our, the in laws and outlaws and everybody that has extended family like ours, what was real important to me was we had great family support. You know, somebody came and took Gary home with us. Uh, we stayed at Vicky's mom's house for a couple days. It's really important for young couples to have that family support. So I would encourage extended families to jump in when, you know, somebody in your family has a young kid. As far as myself, my father, Dan Torres, most of you knew him. Um, he was the essence of good. He helped me a lot. If I had a problem or had a question, first thing he would do is tell me if, whether it was a problem or not because he was good about saying, what are you worried about? And he was right most of the time. Sometimes we bring things on ourselves, but I just want to emphasize how important that family is for young parents. So as you learn to be a parent, you don't there's you know you can read the books and all that, but it really comes down to you as a person. Um, as far as how being a dad has made me a better individual, I can tell you with absolute certainty that everything in my life that was bad that I've ever quit doing it was because number one, one of my kids asked me to. Number two, they came to me and said, Dad, that bothers me. And I could go right down the list. So your kids will hold you to a higher standard, which is awesome. Um, They are watching. And the Lord uses them to mold you into a better person. And I can honestly say that's my
0: case. So, okay. I know, um, like Brother Gary, I was 23. My wife was 20 when we came. Found out we were going to have Jackson, and so at the time I was scared, nervous, excited. I think when you think about it, you know, you're all of a sudden you find out, hey, we're going to be a dad. This is exciting. And then one month goes, two months, the next thing you know, nine months is here. Like, oh man, this is happening. But um, over time, it's it's just exciting. There's no other feeling explaining what being a dad is. But like uh, Brother Gary said, off piggybacking off him, is um, it makes you have to be responsible. You know, hey, I can't do this on my own. I've got to have, luckily I have my parents live close, her parents live close, I have to have them. It's made me rely on God a lot, because the way this world is and where it's going, I pray a lot now because (laughs) I want my kids to um, see that, but I was excited, and then you know had the one, and then I was like, "This is awesome!" Let's have another one, and then another one, and then, you know, you know, I got four kids, so and I, it's been exciting for me the whole time, and so just being able to be a dad, watching my kids grow, play sports, you know, just no other feeling in the world that I think I'd want to have, and then being a better individual, like he said, also was. You know, when you don't have kids, it's you can come and go as you please. There's no bedtime. Um, you can sleep in. You know, there's you can get up, and enjoy your mornings. Nowadays, you can't. You, they need something. You got to be there for them. Um, but it's made me the person I am today. And I think as every day goes on, I'm still learning to be a dad. I'm still relying on God, my pastor, my family. But I, I love it. And so uh, I'm excited.
3: Absolutely. Hello, everybody. Uh, I still remember being in the hospital room uh, with Sarah when Kit was born and her sister and our niece was there. And it was just an incredible, incredible moment. My faith at that time in my life was at an all time low. And somehow God reached into that room, you know, and I was in tears and in awe of my wife and the miracle of life as my kid was being born, you know. And uh, it's just an amazing, amazing experience that you cannot replicate. You know, the closest thing is watching your disciple get the Holy Ghost, probably. But, uh, you know, I wasn't this kind of... I'm not the kind of person that... uh, Worries a lot ahead of time. I'm the kind of person that does something and then worries after the fact, so uh, I read a few books and I uh, tried to prepare for being a dad, but I just kind of knew, you know Fatherhood is gonna throw you some curveballs and you can't anticipate them all and You're just gonna have to be flexible and roll with the punches right and, and try to do your best um, So as far as how being a father has made me a, a better dad, I think these guys really got kind of to the core of it. You you really learn what selfishness is when you become a father uh, and you have to learn how to be selfless. You, If you want to be a good dad, you cannot still do the things that you used to do and be the same you were. You have to emphasize your children in your life and you have to give them a lot of time and attention and effort. and uh, Like they're saying, you have to be a good model, you have to be a good example, and uh, you have to be able to try to provide them the wisdom and discernment that they don't and cannot have yet, because they are children. So uh, it really kind of makes you step up, you know, and unfortunately in this society, there's a lot of men that walk away from that responsibility, but if you accept it, it is one of the best things that you can do,
1: and I highly recommend it. The Most important thing a dad can do for his kids is to be there. What is it about a dad being there that you feel brings so much joy and security to the kids brother Ryan?
0: I think being there, it it has two different meanings. It can, you have the spiritual meaning of being there. And then you have just the, not so much worldly being there, but uh, being out in the world. I know when I was younger for my dad, you know, being there, was growing up I was the more I was the outdoors person, hunting, fishing, everything. So being there um, when I was younger was, you know, this is what we're doing together. We're going we're going camping, we're going to do this, being there for me. Um, anytime that if I know I'd messed up or needed guidance that he was gonna be there for me, you know, but growing up in a Christian home, my dad being a pastor for many years, you know, I was kinda lucky to be in that position i could go to him with anything and he'd have the biblical knowledge and everything to help me not everybody has that so i was blessed to have that so for me being there for my kids is on the not so spiritual part because you know most of my boys play baseball and so the biggest thing for them for me being there is you know me there watching their games or this and that and they have a you know a strikeout or um a bad game being there you know encourage them hey you you did all right, you did good, you know? That's what they wanna hear. They don't wanna hear, you know, all the, oh, you messed up, you coulda done this, you coulda done this. So I know for my boys, that's what me being there. And then my daughter, not being the athletic ability, her being there for her is, you know, she loves to draw and artistic, and so me being there for her is, you know, complimenting her arts, this and that. And so the, and then on the spiritual part, especially the world we live in now, I want my kids, I want my home to be the safest place that they feel safe, that they can come to me with anything, any question, because of what they're learning in these schools and everything else, you know, I want them to come come to me and I have me being there and saying, hey dad, what is this? Why are we, what is this? Why is this? And so, I want. I don't want them having any fear that they can't come to me if they mess up, because I've been there, I was I was young once, and so, I want them to have the realization that, hey, Dad's there. He's not. He's gonna. He's gonna love us no matter what. He's gonna wrap his arms around us no matter what. That I'm gonna be there through thick and thin.
3: Um, I love the the presupposition of this question and of this whole event. That being there is the most important thing because I truly do believe that. Um, being there for your kids is something that I think every person who's a parent will struggle with. And it's, it's not just, I mean, just being in your home, like uh, studies have shown, having a father in the home, even if they're the most terrible father in the world, does lead to better life outcomes for that kid. And um, it's important just to be a presence in their life, but being there for your kid is more important than that. I wrote a few things down here. Um, your child knows that you love and appreciate them when you spend time with them and you're on their level. And that means you're not always talking down to them. You're not always uh, assuming they don't know anything or what they're talking, even though a lot of the times they don't. you <laughs> you got you to gotta approach them in a way that they know that they can talk to you, right? As Ryan was saying. Um And when you spend time with your children, they know you're a priority or that they know they're a priority. Um, When you stop doing your dad things and you start doing kid things with them, and your child will feel closer to you. Um, So it's so easy for us to be distracted, you know? We have so many distractions. We have devices, you know, we have the news, you have your job. And it's it's really hard sometimes to put that down and show your kid attention and show them what they need. and as an example, my son Kit comes to me almost every day and says, Dad, do you want to build LEGOs? You know, LEGOs are Kit's most favorite thing in the entire world. They are not my most favorite thing in the entire world. Uh, but he loves them, so I love them. And I love playing LEGOs with him. And I have to tell him no a lot of the time. But when I have the time and I can take that time, it's important that you do that and that you spend that time with your kid and make sure they know that you're going to be present there and be with them. Uh, you know, if your kid has a question, if your kid has, you gotta you gotta be look on the lookout for those moments where your kid needs you to have an answer, right? And don't just you know say, "Oh, I'm busy. I can't talk about that right now." And be be on the lookout and be ready to talk to your kid when they need you.
2: You know, I think that's all I got to say. I think they pretty much covered. Um, the basics, I have a little bit different take on this question. Um, you know, everybody needs a safety net. And I know there's the age-old debate about whether you should give your kids money, buy them cars. Everybody has their theory on, you know, billionaires, you hear stories about billionaires kicking their kids out when they turn 18, you know. So, I mean, that's not, that's not what the debate is here tonight. I just think it's important that your kids know that you are their safety net. There's nothing better than that family home that two or three generations knows is there, going to be there. Grandma and grandpa is going to be there. And I wish everybody could have that. That's what my experience was. That's what we're trying to create for our family. Um, So mine is more of a man's little needs thing. Um, My children know that they don't want to live with me, you know, but they know that if something happened, I'd clean out every room in that house the same day that they had to come. Um, if I have a dollar, 50 cents of it is theirs. Um, so that's what I've tried to instill in my kids is make sure your children, they knew, they knew that Vicky and I were always gonna take care of them. Make sure your children know that they always have a safety net. Um, you know, we're, If you need food, you can come over and clean out our pantry and clean out our freezer. I mean, that might sound silly, but people need to know that you're there for them in every aspect of their life. Financially, emotionally and spiritually. And I think that's the best thing you can my kids are grown, so you're getting uh I don't have babies, you're getting old guys where I'm at in life right now, let's put it that way. And uh so that's what I've always tried to instill and make possible for my kids is you know what, we're all in this together. We're one big happy family, we're kind of a private family. There's not a whole lot of people that we let into our circle. And I I know the men in this church are the same way. You're real careful about who you let come through that front door and who you let get close to your family. And I try to instill that in my sons and my daughters. Keep your your circle tight. There's nothing wrong with going to a big church and having a lot of friends and all that. But we don't just open the door to anybody. Of course, we would to anybody here. Um, (laughs) You you know what I'm saying, so. So I think a safety net and safety and security instilling that in your family is very important. And that starts at a very young age, so, Excellent, very good.
1: The enemy is seeking to destroy homes, destroy the family, pull it apart. And our Lord commands us to build our homes, our house, our families, our lives on his word. His word is to be our very foundation of our home. The parable says, how can dads use the word our Lord and just the church to strengthen their kids with Chris the Bible is a living book and um,
3: even though it was written in the cultural context of you know 2,000 years ago Judea it applies to our lives today and there are moments every day that you're going to be able to teach your child something and apply a biblical principle to it. Um, And it's a great, I mean, look for those moments and take the time to sit and talk with your kids uh, and teach them, you know, these principles of the Bible. As your child is seeing, if your child is observant at all, and if they're like mine, they're super observant and they notice things that are different or odd, um, they're going to be questioning a lot that they see the world's moral compass is extremely different than ours and we have that opportunity to show them in the bible you know this is what we believe this is why we believe it you know that doesn't mean we hate or you know try to run these people off it just means we chose to be like christ we chose to follow his his way and his path and um Yeah, you have to be searching for those moments and uh, try to create them sometimes when you need to. Um, When I look at uh, Romans chapter one in the Bible, uh, it really feels a lot like what we're seeing today. And uh, you just really need to teach your kid, (laughs) Teach, teach your child the Bible, teach them the biblical principles and take the time to do that and let them, let them see you pray, you know, are you praying for your meals? Are you praying with them at bedtime? If they have a problem, do you pray with them? You know, when you're at church, are you praying? Do you come to church? Do you bring your child to church? Do you take them to Sunday school? You know, uh, they need to see that and they, they need to know that if everything else has gone wrong, they can turn to God.
2: So my father, uh, Dan Torres, he really set a good example. Um, you know, fathers, your kids are watching. Um, my dad actually would not come to church if we were going to be late. That's how important that was to him. And he instilled that in me. And um, fortunately, I come before Vicky now, so I'm never late. But um, I'm just teasing. She's not late either because she teaches Sunday school. But no, he absolutely set the example by being faithful to the house of God, having home Bible studies. We've seen him fast and pray daily. And that's what we need to be doing, fathers. We need to be setting that example. And uh, you know, my one thing my dad, Dan, told me was, um, sometimes as fathers, we fill our, and this was his example, we fill our pockets up with rocks and we carry around cinder blocks. What he was telling me is, we take things on as fathers that we don't need to. You, you, I would Sometimes he would not get upset about stuff that everybody else was upset about, and, and everybody's like, well, how can you're not mad? And he's like, I choose not to be mad. I'm not gonna take this load on, I'm not gonna carry this burden. This is something that's being put on me. And sometimes we do that as fathers. Um, we can only control so much in our life, and, but sometimes the part that we can control, we, we turn it into a burden. And that's one thing that, that he always taught me is work hard, control what you can control and serve the Lord. And he set that example, um, made sure he was in the house of God, made sure we were on time, made sure we were dressed appropriately, um, you know, holiness, my daughter, my sisters and myself. And uh, so I think that's the other thing we can do as far as to keep the enemy out of our house is to set the example, because fathers, are, our kids are watching, they're watching everything that we do. Absolutely. So.
0: My answer will be kind of toward what Chris was saying, what I had wrote down, kind of copies what he was saying already, is the Bible, pretty much everything that happens in our world, there's a principle that's in the Bible that applies to it. Um, I want my kids, you know, to see me when I'm in church, my hands raised, I want them to hear my prayers in the morning. I want them to know that every time the doors open, that we're coming to church, you know, may not happen all the time because of situations, but especially at a young age, because as they get older, they'll get into that habit of what they started young they are now. Like when I was a kid growing up in the preacher's home is, you know, I was sleeping on the pew. I was playing games like brother Justin growing up. And so, and to this day, that was instilled in me that, hey, church is open. We're going to church. So when it, um, with the foundation, I want you go to so many ways with this answer. Because I'm not the most biblical scholar, but actually the Bible is pretty easy to understand and pretty easy to read, especially with the Amen. different you know the different terminology of the Bibles nowadays, you can read it and apply it to your life. And so I think. I've done a pretty good job. Both of my all my kids, you know, there two of them got the Holy Ghost. The third one almost got it the other night. Praise God. And so, you know, they're they're excited to come to youth group. Anytime there's a youth function happening, anytime there's convention, they're excited. And so, I think I've I'm, I'm getting there. So. Awesome.
1: Very good. <laughs> <laughs> the world has made sin <clears throat> legal and very easily accessible pornography, fornication, perversion, alcohol, drugs, violence, theft, all of those things. How would you advise dads to teach and protect their children, protect their children from the sin
2: and temptation of our time? Brother Gary? Well, unfortunately, our children are not inheriting a very good world. and this is kind of a balancing act because they have to live in this world. They have to go to school, they have to go to work, they go to college, careers. Um, and I'm a firm believer that the Lord meant for us to enjoy this life. I don't think we're supposed to just hold out to the end. I'm gonna have fun to the end. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I'm not holding out to the end, I'm, I'm dancing to the end. So, if my leg ever get better. but um, Pastor, Pastor Justin said we could have fun with this, so. Um, But yeah, I don't have to go on and on about how horrible this world is. And it really comes down to playgrounds, friends and playgrounds. I know we've heard that cliche our whole life. But what we need to make sure is that their friends are here. And this is their playground. Okay, let them play the ball, play the sports and all that we all love that. but We need to make sure that this is the number one focus in their life is the life church. Um, it comes down to friends and playgrounds. And it kind of goes back to what I said earlier too about who you expose your family to. I can't emphasize that enough. Um, you just see horrible things on in the news and you're like, how in the world could that happen? Well, a lot of times it happened because somebody unsuspectingly exposed themselves to the devil himself because he's out there and you don't wanna cross paths with him. And that's, again, that's being really dramatic, but. I can't emphasize enough how important it is to know who your children are associating with. Um, I don't think anybody in our family spends the night at anybody's house besides grandma and grandpas or their parents. And that might be really extreme, but we, we protect the girls in our family to that extreme. And my daughter told me this one time and, and I'll try not to be this graphically, but she was, in a college room with like 18 girls one time. She came home and told her mother and I, she said, you guys know what? Out of 18 girls, I was the only one in that room that had not had somebody do something horrible to me. And and we knew it, and at that time, she was thanking us for all the times we said, no, you're not spending the night there. No, you're not going with them. Um, And I know everybody here knows that, but it's, that's the day that she realized that all those no's was to protect her and she was thanking us. And your kids will thank you if you put that ring of protection around them. And again, let's make sure that the Life Church is their playground and where their friends are at, so. Wow.
0: It has been uh, easier nowadays for sin and temptation to enter these kids' lives, when I was a kid, you know, they didn't have. We, well, I think, we had internet maybe a little bit here and there, or I think we had bag phones and all that. So it wasn't very accessible to that. And even the the shows or cartoons that we were allowed to watch, you know, they were just s- simple, innocent shows. Nowadays, you know, all these kids. There's kids 11, 12 years old having these phones that have access to whatever they want on these internet. And so we've done our best to uh, teach our kids, the movies, this and that with cartoons, we've kind of had to cut that out. It's just, they're putting so much stuff into these shows, trying to pressure into our kids' lives that, you know, everybody's welcomed, everybody's this. And, And so it's come so simple for these kids to do that. And like Brother Gary said, the most, things, most important thing I can do as a dad, especially with my older kids is, because as they get older, it, it gets harder, because stuff they learn is the friends they pick, that's probably the biggest thing he said right there. Um, my boys, they have, good, they have good friends at school, but I want them to have their main friends here in the church, because their minds think alike, you know, their hearts are in the right spot or go into the right spot. Um, the people we hang out with, we don't let, you know, our kids don't go to other people's houses. Um, like he said, we have a tight circle. And I'm hoping one day that they'll understand it's like his daughter did, that this is why we did this, to protect you. I want my kids, you know, to have it easier to have that pure heart and clean mind. So, uh,
3: I would start by just saying we need to pray for our children. Um, Just as you pray, you know, every day when I pray, I say, Lord, help me to be a good man. Uh, I'm sorry for any sins I've committed, God. Help me to keep me from evil, you know. And so just as Jesus prayed, lead me not into temptation and deliver me from evil, we have to be praying that over our kids Um, because they won't understand that it's evil, you know. They just... Are curious and uh, I thought that this question tied in a lot with the last one Um, kids need the Word of God in their hearts so they can understand the whys of what we do Um, we need to have those conversations about Scripture um, and we need to know we need to let them know how it applies practically to our lives today and that's not a one-and-done conversation that's a continual conversation their entire life when they come to talk to you about any confusing or new problem or issue. And that doesn't mean you'll always have the answer, but that's when that support group comes in and prayer and fasting and reading the Bible comes in, you can hopefully come to an answer or you know, God will let you know. You'll find out someday, <laughs> whatever that may be. Um, another thing I wanted to say is uh, parents need to understand that your kids are learning. They're not perfect. And uh, just as we all face temptation, and sometimes we fail, your kid is going to fail. And you need to make your home a safe place um, for your kids that doesn't allow that many opportunities for their failure. Um, If you have a, I hope I don't step on too many people's toes saying some of this, but uh, if you have a young child or you have an adolescent in your home, and as Ryan was saying, if they have internet connected devices and they're not monitored or filtered or restricted in any way. I would say that is a mistake. Um, and it's not a matter of whether or not you trust your kid; it's a matter of uh, protecting them from things that they don't know what, what's happening. You know, the internet has no problem telling your child, you know, giving them the anarchist cookbook or the satanist Bible. Um, your child isn't going to have the all the necessary wisdom and discernment sometimes to be able to say no to some of these curiosities. I mean, the obvious ones are pornography, right? Pornography is everywhere, and your kid is—if you do not protect them, they will fail. You know, my mom was naive; I failed many times, and uh, I don't want to put that same pressure on my child to know what's right from wrong. And uh, I mean. I should say, I knew it was wrong after a point, right? But you don't want to just make it easy for your kid to keep failing and failing and failing. And um, yeah, I think that's what I have to say about that. Oh, and the other thing is the internet, it's not just a repository of information, it's a a communications platform. And there are people out there who want to talk to your kid. They want to talk to your child about what they care about. And it's not the Bible. It's not God. It's not Jesus. It's about their alternative lifestyle, or a romantic relationship, or whatever have you. You know, they they're they're interested in taking advantage of your child's naivety. And then, as these guys are saying, uh, you need to know who your kids' friends are, and ideally, their their best friends are going to be here. And um, you need to ask them, you know, what are your friends talking about? I and to be, you know. The church is a great place, and you need to work on it being a great place. But sometimes your kids will have friends here that aren't always great friends, and you need to know how their relationships are going. You know, you need to talk to your kids. Hey, what what did you talk about with so and so? What did you know? What did you guys play? What did you guys do? Anything interesting happen? And that will create opportunities for them to talk to you. And as long as you have nurtured that relationship and made it a safe place, if something weird happened, they'll tell you.
1: You know, and you can resolve any issues as they come up. Very good, thank you so much. Kids can sometimes get into a stage of defiance, and that is a big message floating around right now on the internet, kids don't have to show respect. And what are things that we can do as Pentecostal dads to teach our children to show respect, not only to their dads, their mothers, their siblings, their pastors, their peers, including their teachers, the police, everything, what are we need to be what do dads need to be doing to teach their kids how to show respect brother Ryan
0: i think first and most off is when the bible says you know all authority comes from god so anything under him is authority i know respect growing up that was probably one of the number one things that my dad instilled in my life even my grandma and grandpa on my dad's side i remember many a times getting a switch from my grandma after me from being disrespectful to whoever. And so, um, and as a kid growing up, being being from Oklahoma, it seemed to be sometimes know, stricter maybe, in the, being in Oklahoma, Kansas. So respecting the house of God was a number one thing in my dad's teaching in my life that when you enter those doors and come into the house of worship it was, you know, no run around, all respect. And so I think as I learned that as a kid and started getting older and older, that respect that I learned from here filtered out to what was beyond those doors to my, my co-workers, um, even teachers, friends. I think kids also, they, as my kids you know they're gonna look at me the way I treat somebody and that's what they're gonna learn from you know parent-teacher conferences if they see how I'm doing treating the teachers that's how they're gonna learn and so I tried my best to show respect that was one thing I still do nowadays is yes sir yes ma'am and I think you can tell a lot by a person by how they answer this and that by how respectful they are to each other and so that's what I've learned just to I want my kids to see me to be respectful to the man of God or the Sunday school teacher. You know, I don't want them hearing me back talking if something happened in my car, you know, talking about my pastor, this and that. I want them to know that I res—I respect anybody in authority, whether it be a police officer, anybody.
2: So growing up, um, the coach was always right, the teacher was always right, the Sunday school teacher was always right, and the pastor was definitely always right. That is how my father, Dan, raised this, um, and it worked, and that's how I tried to raise my kids. I keep comparing myself back to my dad, Dan, um, which I could never fill his shoes, but I do feel like any good characteristics that I have definitely came from him. So that's how I try to teach my children, the way I was taught, is People in authority, if they come knocking on the door and say, you did this, you did it. And I'm sure we can all remember as kids we got accused of something we didn't do. That one time doesn't change the fact that you need to respect authority. Um, And definitely when it comes to the the house of the Lord and to the pastor, if you want to see my dad, my dad was slow to anger, if you want to see him get mad, try to sow doubt about the church. Try to show disrespect disrespect to the pastor. you were gonna get a whooping, so um, yeah, that's back when we got whoopings. So, <laughs> and Brother Chris talking about kids and the computers and all that. I, Chris, what do you do when you have to have your grandkids set the security password because you don't know how? <laughs> See these guys, that's all foreign to them. They don't. I'm that here. Fix this guy, you know. So, but I do. I want to go back to this stage of defiance because there's one thing I want to encourage the, the fathers of this church. I want to break down a barrier here, if I can. We had three teenagers at home at one point and everything that goes along with that. And of course, my wife's a nurse, she's a lot smarter than I am. She actually got me to family counseling. And I'm telling you guys, it helped. So do not, I would I never imagined a million years I'd go sit down and tell some total stranger everything that we were doing wrong. There's a couple things that'll happen. First of all, you'll act better because you don't want to be the bad guy the next week. But it actually actually does work. And the main reason I brought that up is because I think we should be shouting it from the rooftops that we have card-carrying, highly intelligent, highly educated counselors right here in this church. We have a pastoral staff that has an open-door policy, and then we have the wise old saints like Sister Sims. So if you if you couple all those things together, there's no reason why you can't sit down as a family and air it out and get some help. And again, I say that because I was more against it than any man could ever be. And I can tell you what, the counselors in this church are worth twice as much as what I paid that lady, even though she was good. I loved it and it and it worked. So I just wanted to put that out there on the if you got three or four teenagers and it's just chaos, because it can get that way. Don't be afraid to ask the good people of this church for leadership, counseling. Um, I just wanna break that barrier down for somebody that that might help, so, okay.
3: I think a really important concept that people need to think about is boundaries. And everyone has boundaries in their life. And your kids need boundaries and they need your help in learning what those boundaries are. a kid can't make a good decision on a boundary. It, they need their parent to make a good decision for them. And I, I firmly believe parents are doing their children a disservice if they, if they don't set boundaries, but they're showing them love when they do, and when they teach and enforce those boundaries. And it's important that those kids understand what the boundaries are, even if they don't agree with them. And sometimes it's necessary for us to say no, and a kid isn't going to get it, and we have to take the time to let them know. Um, and sometimes we'll have to say no without explaining something, because maybe there is a safety issue or a, you know, a emergency. But it, it is always worth your time to go back and circle around and explain to your kid why you had to tell them no, or why you had to get them out of that situation. And that helps build trust between you and your children. And. Uh, Help them understand that you have uh, love for them and you have their best interests in mind. In um, those moments when you know they're about to walk into the street when a bus is going to hit them, you know, and that's probably less of an issue as your kids get older. My kids are five and three, so I have to tell them no all the time, <laughs> and I I don't like doing it, but I I have to. And uh, you know, sometimes when they defy you, you need to back up what you said those consequences would be you know when you set a boundary there needs to be a clear consequence right if you break this boundary this is what will happen And you're helping your kid for the rest of their life you know children struggle thinking through the knock-on effects of a spur of the moment decision you know they're you know that would be cool if I twirled around and flailed my arms around and knocked everything down in the store it would be great it feels so amazing you know, and a kid is not going to think this is going to result in hundreds of dollars of damage, you know. So, obviously, that's kind of a flippant example, but uh, you just got to let them know the boundaries and, and talk to them about it. And I wanted to go back to what Brother Biles was saying for a second because I have a pretty good story here. So, uh, regarding what do you do when your your kids are the ones setting your passwords because you don't know how? My <laughs> I'm not going to name any names, but a a relative of mine was trying to get into their computer and they asked their child, did you change my password? And the child responded, which one? (laughs) And I said, that was the wrong answer. Uh, so yeah, make sure you, you know what's going on with the technology. Don't uh, just try to delegate that to your kids because your kids will learn and your kids will, will use it, so.
1: Hey Amen, if the musicians would please come. Our last question, kids can struggle with self-worth. What are some things, some ways that dads can do to teach their kids uh, to have self-esteem, become self-sufficient, and have self-confidence, things like that? Go back to you, Brother Chris.
3: We need to affirm our children when they do things right. And we need to be very careful of what we say when they get things wrong. Yes. Um, it is so easy to fly off the handle when your kid messes up. And I am guilty of it. I, I have to watch what I say and do around my kids a lot. Um, it's easy to just bring those foolish words to bear when they screw up and those words can destroy them and stay with them their entire life. Um, when I get extremely frustrated with my kids, if they just did something crazy, which that's what kids do. Like, it's not an unexpected behavior, but for some reason, I keep on not expecting it, right? And I find myself saying to my shame, what were you thinking? And I'll sometimes they'll get in their face, I'll be so upset. And they're five, they're five and three. And, you know, sometimes they should know better and they should have known not to do this. But a kid, their prefrontal cortex is like minuscule. They don't don't know. They're not thinking through these things. They're not gonna know what they're doing until like their mid-20s, you know? Um, So, sorry, everybody, if you're younger than that, but it's the truth. Um, So I don't want my voice to be running through their head their entire life. What were you thinking? I don't want my kid to, you know, strike out. And have this voice coming to their heads what were you thinking um jesus was a great example of how to affirm children you know the disciples thought oh jesus is busy he's he's this great rabbi he's doing all his his thing and uh he's not going to, want to talk to these kids and jesus was offended he said these are the people who are going to inherit the kingdom you know these these i need to talk to these kids to make time so Make sure, this goes back to the being there question, you need to make time for your kids, stop the hustle and bustle of your life, and be with them, and learn the ways that they give and receive love. Not every kid is gonna be affirmed in the same way, you know? Make sure you know how, like, like Kit, my son Kit, he loves when you spend time with him, you know? And he needs that, and he craves it, you know? And Oliver is kinda like that too. But Kit also needs those words of affirmation, you know, and things like that. So make sure you learn what your kids' love languages are and how they receive love and and how they expect it. And don't ever let your relationship with your kids get to that point where they can't confide in you for fear of retribution or or freakouts. you know. If something crazy happens at school or with their friends and they know My dad is gonna go insane. They won't tell you, and you need to know. So just kind of keep that in
2: mind. Very good, Brother Chris. I'm sitting here just right now, and when I was preparing for this, I can think of at least three or four young men that I've tried to help in my life. That, um, you know, teenagers between 16, 20 years old, and when we begin to talk to them and try to get to the core why they were acting out or whatever the problem was, one common theme is they'll tell you, you know, my father's never told me that he loves me. And I'm sure that some of you here tonight know somebody that that's their life story as a kid. They didn't come up from a family that showed affection. Um, you know, we're huggers, we're kissers. Um, you know, I still kiss my granddaughters on top of their head appropriately and probably always will, and my daughter. That's just us, and I know that's not every family, but that is so foreign to me to think that a young man could get to the age of 20 years old and his dad's never told him that he loved him. And that's, like I said, that's just mind-blowing to me, but that was a core theme as I was, these four young men that I'm thinking about. So I think it's very important that your children know from the minute they're born Their parents love them, that they're told that, that that's reinforced. Even when they're acting up, even when they're in trouble, you need to do everything in the name of love. I probably only got four spankings from my dad in my whole life. You're a pretty good kid. No, he was a good dad. (laughs) My mom picked up the slack. No, but (laughs) you know how it is with moms they chase you around the house and they'll get you. But, um, It was, it's, this is really odd because my dad could actually spank me and I knew he wasn't mad and it hurt and he didn't beat me or anything. It was all very appropriate with a belt and short. But um, that was just, I'll always remember that about my father that he was able to discipline me with love. I'd never seen anger. Um, And when he told you this is gonna hurt me worse than it hurt you, I believed him. I could tell it really was. So, I guess on this last question, I know we all encourage our kids, you know, when they do something good, when they do something bad, as long as they're trying. But I just think it's real important that your kids carry that every day of their life, that you love them unconditionally. So, I just got one more thing. Um, Fathers, the best thing you could do the minute your kids are born is start praying that they take after their mother. So... (laughs) Sorry, I had to say that.
0: <laughs> I'm going to repeat the first step that he said. The biggest thing with my kids is I make sure I tell them I love them every day. I know my oldest embarrasses him sometimes, and I'll do it and embarrass him when he's in public. You know, tell him I love him. But I know growing up, my mom and dad always, that was one they always said every day, I love you. And to this And to this day, they'll still say it, you know, almost a 40-year-old man, they still call and say, hey, I love you. And so, get kind of teared up here a little bit, but I will tell my kids every day that I love them. I want, you know, I try to speak um, into their future, you know, even though they're from six to 14, that, hey, you're going to be great one day. You're going to... You're, you're going places. You, God's got things store for your life, and that's what I, what I wanted to hear when I was a kid. I want my kids to know that they're going to be something great. You know, I don't care if they're, if they're just, you know, if they come a jan, they're going to be the best janitor. They're going to be something great for God. And so, that's that's the biggest thing I can say is make sure you tell your kids you love them. That's what they want to hear because they're not going to hear it in this world. They're not going to, if they don't hear from you, they're going to find somebody else that loves them. And so I want them to know that a God-fearing man loves them with all his heart.
1: Can we give our speakers a hand? That's not easy to open up like that. Thank you so much, speakers, amen. Can we all stand? Wives, moms, if you're around your your husband, if you're around your dad, I wonder right now if you could put your arm around your dad right now. Amen. Altar call tonight is going to be right where we're sitting. Amen. As you have all of you know and as we've talked about tonight, being a dad is hard right now. Like Brother Briles said, our kids just did not inherit a good world. Children need their dads. All sons need their fathers. And all daughters need their dads and I just feel the Holy Ghost right now wanting to do something very special and that is strengthen a dad and just remind you that God put you there because he wants you to be there for your children to be there for them in the good times and the bad times when they're doing well when they're messing up all of those things and do everything that you can to make sure, amen, that they are prepared for this world, to be prepared most of all for heaven, and just be prepared, amen, to be a powerful individual. Amen, dads and everyone else in here, can we just offer up a prayer, amen, to the Lord, that God would help the dads to be there. Amen, come on, wives, put your arm around your husband and pray strength upon them. Come on, moms, amen, pray for the men, amen, that are right there in your home, amen. Father. I pray right now, Lord, this week, as we lead up into this weekend, I pray for strength to come to the dads right now. Fathers, you strengthen Samson, Lord. Let strength come unto them, I pray. Hallelujah. I pray that the words that were spoken here tonight, amen, would get inside deep in part of our souls, amen. I pray for a struggling dad, amen. That, Lord, you would strengthen his self-confidence, amen. Their kids are looking to them, Lord, amen. I pray, Lord, you would help us, Lord, with our rage and our anger, Lord, and our own struggles, amen, like we heard tonight, Lord, when the kids came, amen, it made us to want to be better. It made us put away things, Lord, I pray, amen, you would help us to become better men this week, hallelujah. Become better dads, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray, hallelujah. Can we all raise our hands right now to our heavenly Father? And say thank you, Lord, amen, for being the dad, Lord, amen, that we needed to give us spiritual hope and spiritual life, I pray.
0: Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.